Good morning, everyone. Um, the book of Job, uh, we have a, a small uh, sampling of it uh, this morning. It's a fascinating uh, story uh, that attempts to answer the question, why suffering? Uh, and more pointedly, why someone who is just or good would uh, suffer. And um, the whole story of Job has many layers to it. Uh, St. Paul uh, is not saying he's a chameleon, meaning I'm all things to everyone. He's not a chameleon. What he's saying is that I will do what's necessary uh, for the sake of the gospel. And he will approach the person or the community as best he can with integrity, uh, always speaking the truth of Jesus Christ. But uh, if you will, meeting them where they're at is uh, often what's said um, in our time. Friends, the, the gospel account, uh, one of the things uh, that as I prepared my homily, I thought um, Jesus got up very early when he prayed. He talked to his father about the day's work that was coming. And uh, his uh, friends came after him and said, everyone's looking for you. 2021 translation, everybody wants a piece of you, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, and uh, he that becomes an example to us pastors. <laughs> Jesus, he did his prayers, and then he went about uh, doing uh, God's work. And uh, uh, the same for us. We, we must pray as priests um, in order to continue uh, and to uh, do as Jesus did, uh, speaking about the kingdom. My friends, between, uh, with the first reading in the gospel, the, the question of human suffering especially that of someone who is considered just, as the first reading tells us, was a problem in biblical times, and uh, this was a problem illustrated in the story of Job. And the story tells us uh, about a just man who suffered terrible tragedies, and uh, this resulted in uh, Job, for a time, having a very pessimistic look on life and uh, a very gloomy outlook, and that's the part we had today read to us. Remember, suffering is still a problem today, and many people perhaps could identify with Job on different levels. Uh, um, I think of all who suffer from poverty, and uh, hunger, and sickness, and injustice, and oppression. Uh, these challenges are tragedies of every kind, in Old Testament times, suffering was seen as a punishment from God for sin. And uh, Jesus would, uh, even in Jesus' time, uh, in the book of John, the gospel, uh, Jesus is with them and he's been teaching them. They still are not quite getting it and, uh, because they encounter someone who's blind and he says, well, who sinned that this man was blind? And Jesus said, nobody. And so you see that idea was prevalent in Old Testament and in Jesus' time. And um, the, there's a bigger problem with that in that if um, uh, it's compulsionary of God, uh, and this is the wrong thinking, if we do good, then he owes us, and he has to give us good, but when we do bad, then he has to do bad things to us. You see what I'm getting at? Uh, we don't dictate to God what God's going to do. <laughs> but according to that idea or thought, that's the logic in it. And, um, but uh, even in, uh, when Jesus came, you know, he didn't give an answer uh, to the problem of suffering. Uh, 
You know, he did not give in to an understanding in which the people of his time also had. Uh, he, he did not say, you are being, this is, you have blindness because you are a sinner. He didn't say that. Uh, but um, very clearly, um, he put forth that God does not desire suffering of human beings. God is love and God does good. Um, what we see then in, with the story of Jesus, given in the Gospels, all of them, is not so much an answer to the question of why there is suffering, but what does Jesus do in the face of suffering? So he teaches us what we are to do in the face of suffering. And that was, a, uh, if you will, from my perspective, a very practical one. Jesus, surrounded by crowds of physically and even emotionally sick people, gives himself to each one of them. And he healed many, and he did not insulate himself against human pain. He made himself vulnerable um, before the wounded and the sick, almost in the way that St. Paul is saying, I, I became weak for those who were weak to show them. And um, things, one of the things about suffering is it can be very lonely for the person who is in pain. And... Um, the one thing that I've come to understand from the reading and, and studying the Gospels is Jesus was not sentimental about suffering, nor did he preach resignation as often we do. Our Lord did not like to see people suffer. Suffering was one of the evils he came to fight against. He had compassion on sufferers and made many of them around him well. And my friends, in, uh, in our, what we would say demons of, um, he cast out real demons, but then he had cast out demons of guilt and fear and shame and despair uh, that have bound people for so long. The problem of suffering became an opportunity for Jesus to show what God was like. By the way he gave himself to the suffering, he reveals to us compassion in the face of human suffering. So then, as his disciples, suffering of others, those who suffer become an opportunity for us then too. We, not, we cannot cure everybody, but it is always within our power to care. And, uh, and to care, that can be very healing also. To be with the sufferer is in itself a very worthwhile thing. But it is no easy task, especially for those who uh, have to stand by and be the caregiver of a loved one who is suffering. It's tough. It's hard. But it is a worthwhile thing. Because it means, means we must um, know that we cannot perhaps relieve the suffering of the person. Um, what we have to do is be there for them. Uh, and if you will, almost be prepared to share on some level in their suffering. And most of us will uh, come to sufferers with empty hands. And um, what can we do for them? We can use those hands to comfort them. Perhaps what many of those who suffer uh, ultimately desire to the soul 
is to know that they haven't been abandoned. And uh, the one thing that uh, Jesus showed us was that suffering, and it becomes a, a mystery, uh, the way he suffered also, um, that uh, there is a transformation that happens. And because of his suffering, and when we connect our suffering to his, uh, there is a transformation and thus a conversion. And then suffering then isn't something that's done in vain and is worthless. Now because of Christ, suffering has a redemptive value to it and becomes a thing of great value, uh, but is still a mystery. And I've read uh, many, many books on the theology of suffering, and it becomes, it's still a mystery. Uh, I will never understand it completely, and there are things that we just will not understand in this world completely. And that doesn't mean we won't know anything. It just means we just can't understand it completely. So what do you do? Do you walk away? Do you walk away from the sufferer? Do you walk away from God? No. This is where faith comes in. I remember Mary. She stood at the foot of the cross watching her son suffer, ultimately die at the hands of an executioner. She could not stop it. She could not relieve it. But she could be there. And while the scriptures don't tell us, I'm sure she gazed upon her son and her son gazed upon her in the way a parent does. I'm here. I am here. My loved one, hang on. Hang on. The Lord is coming. That is a hard thing to do. But that is what we are called to do. Sometimes the one thing the sufferer longs for is to experience our ability to care and to know that they are loved genuinely. As regarding our own suffering, suffering is unavoidable in this world. That means it will touch us and eventually we will walk in it. For the faithful Christian, it becomes a great comfort to know that Jesus went down that road before us to the very end. And because of his suffering and his passion and his death, this road of human suffering has been changed. If you will, a bright light illuminates now. Our Lord shows us that uh, through the road that leads to Calvary, as we often say in theology speak, uh, it does not end there. It ends with Easter, meaning the resurrection. My friends, the one thing that, um, as a priest, and, um, well, I know that uh, sometimes I get a call and the person is uh, gravely ill, and uh, I cannot relieve that pain or suffering. It's not for me to do. But the church has her sacraments that instill grace. One of them, the sacrament of anointing, which is administered by a bishop or a priest to a Catholic. 
who has great distress in body, mind, or spirit. And I can tell you in my 12 years now as a priest, I've seen the power of the sacrament work. Does it always heal in body? No. Does it always heal the emotional part of the person in that time? No. But spiritually, something changes for the person. Sometimes there's a great peace that comes over them that is very visible. Yes, sometimes there is physical healing. I've seen that. But uh, that sacrament instills a grace in the person. Uh, Jesus always went after the soul of the person. He would say, your sins are forgiven, rise and walk. But as his first concern is the soul of the person. Uh, regarding the sacrament, I cannot, the sacraments are for the living. Uh, we don't baptize to someone who's dead. Um, we don't extend confirmation to someone who's dead. In the same way, we cannot, I cannot anoint someone who has died. Uh, they are in the hands of God at that point. Uh, so uh, sometimes people wait too long to contact a priest. Um, some people are afraid. <laughs> uh, you know, they see the, don't call the priest just yet because dad will get scared. Well, the priest is not the angel of death. Um, you know, he's not coming. <laughs> that is not within my power anyway. Um, so I would say, try and move away from that. But uh, legitimately, they can say, Father, I'm afraid my loved one will be afraid when you come. Let the priest handle that. Let the priest come into that home with his peace and with the sacrament. He'll know what to do and what to say in that moment for that person. 